We are ready. We are post-rumbled. Post-rumble. Welcome to Saturday Morning Superstars, The Aftermath. <laughs> <laughs> Dom. And I am Than. And we're here channeling our midlife crisis once again back on Saturday mornings watching early 90s syndicated professional wrestling. It's Saturday morning superstars. And hey, I just have to make a quick announcement. Did did you realize this episode is our 50th? No kidding. So this this is going to be our 50th episode. If If I do my calculations correctly, because as you know, any of our loyal listeners know. I don't know how many of them we have, but last time I checked, we were up to like 26. So. All right. Wow. Yeah, we're, we're, we are inches closer <laughs> to a Blue Chew endorsement. Yes, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I want the Blue Chew endorsement. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait for that call, man. We, we may uh, have hit Squarespace territory. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we always plan these out a few in advance. So our last released episode as of this point was 47. The Royal Rumble, 48, 49. So that would make this episode 50. You think if we hit 52, it would be a full year wraparound. But Not I guess the, the pay-per-views kind of skewed yes. that up. Yeah, so the, the you know, since we've been doing the pay-per-views two at a time, we have a few extra episodes per year. So we're but we are getting close to our first year wrap up. I guess it would be right after WrestleMania nine. Yeah, and we switched over to two times a month over last summer. So we've been actually mm-hmm. at this for a bit. Yes, we have. We wow, have. I think we'd be better at it. I don't know. I, 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 find some, I find some of the episodes quite entertaining. If anything, I'm entertaining myself. I listen to them like two or three times a week. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're the 26 people. Yeah, we are the 26 people. Just listen to them on multiple devices. That's right. Just can't get that number up. Yeah. All right. So according to The Cock, it mm-hmm. is season eight, episode five, January 30th, 1993. But I have a sneaking suspicion that this shit happened before the rum. Yes, it certainly did. We are still in the Freeman Coliseum, which is in San Antonio, Texas. This was recorded on January 5th, Mm. 1993. So, yeah, and I believe, if I'm correct, that was where the episode right before Royal Rumble was as well. So we have not left there. We're probably going to be there for at least next week as well, if not the following week. Well, like Survivor Series and SummerSlam before, the only thing that makes this post-Rumble is the commentary. Not mm-hmm. the, the matches don't seem to have anything to do with what happened the week before. Yeah, and you could tell that from the commentary, too, because a lot of the commentary is about the aftermath of the Royal Rumble and things leading up to WrestleMania 9. Yeah, but nothing in the arena. No. Available February 11th, we immediately start with an always be closing. A always be B C closing. Let's sell <laughs> these people some shit. We just yeah. had a pay-per-view. Let them buy the cassette tape. 
featuring every top WWF superstar and a lot of lower level stars yeah, as well. A, yeah, and a couple dudes you've never seen before. Yes, exactly. Some people have already left the company. Yeah, they're not even here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they show a bunch of stills from the Royal Rumble. The first still we have is Bret Hart putting a sharpshooter on Razor Ramon with some lady in a green shirt in the front row that is extremely happy she bought those tickets. Yeah. Look, Bob, I'm on TV. <laughs> She's popping out of the VHS cassette at that point. VHS didn't do 3D, did they? <laughs> they did for this one. We get a still of Yoko trying to be pushed out by the entire roster. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a close-up on Yoko's face as the Rumble winner. He's giving the side-eye to somebody in that picture. Like, bitch, please. Mm. We get the threesome of our announcers. Mm -hmm. Macho in a white and green and a non-matching costume. Arguing with the king like they cost each other the Rumble, even though neither of them were in at the same time. No. Yeah, there's a lot of arguing going on there about the Rumble, I can only assume... Because all you can really hear is Vince telling them to shut up over top of it. But uh, yeah, it really doesn't make sense because, uh, yeah, they didn't see each other in the Rumble. Yeah, so they're bickering. What gives? Yes. The King feels like he's been cheated and Macho's just kind of there. Of course. They course. say Brett's still the champ just in case you did not pay the uh, thirty-nine ninety-five or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And we get a name for Eligante. Yes. Oh. He goes by the giant Gonzalez and the King is really impressed with how he manhandled The Undertaker, squashed him like a bug, and even Macho agrees with the king on this one. But he was not, Macho was not only impressed with Giant Gonzalez, he was impressed with Cleo. He wants some of that Cleo magic. He wants Cleopatra, yeah. Um, unless you saw the Rumble, you have no idea what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> like yeah. You have no idea that they had like a fake actors coming from Caesar's Palace to proclaim Yokozuna the winner. And Cleopatra literally had nothing to do there. She, no. She just was there to look hot. If you didn't see it, you would think that Macho was into really, really old chicks. Yeah, he's like, you know, she's mummified, man. <laughs> Can't get much thinner than that. <laughs> I like him 2,000 years old and mummified. And, and bone dry. Bone dry. Bone dry is ready. So we're going to get Mr. Perfect on this episode. This And this was really tough. When I saw this lineup, I'm like, oh, no, we're doomed. Or we're going to have some great comedy because this lineup sucks. We get Razor Ramon, and then mm -hmm. it's all downhill from here. Yeah. We get the Shawn Michaels-ish. Yeah. We get High Energy. Hi. Damien Demento. Yes, hey, from the, how's it <laughs> from going? the darkest corners of your mind. Yo. From your, yeah, your mind. Y'all straight from the Bronx. And an interview. The a best special, interview you can get. A, a special, special interview. interview. Yes. With none other than... Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> yes. It is certainly going to be a special interview. <laughs> yeah. You can look at both cameras at once. <laughs> None of those people show up. We get the head shrinkers to start. Yeah, right off the bat. And we've got something going on here where they're coming down. They're coming down. Here come the tiki birds. And Afa has a raw fish. Yes. That he's holding in his mouth like a bear. And I'm like, all right, so it's a gimmick fish or something like that. 
Uh, that's what I thought at first. No, it's it real. Is, it is not a gimmick fish. It, we find out as this match progresses. It looks pretty <laughs> raw. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that was added into the Head Shrinkers gimmick in this one. They're starting to add more layers to it. And Alpha would oh, yeah. come in eating like a turkey. We had the turkey leg at Thanksgiving that he was eating. But uh, yeah, fish is new. And fish makes an appearance quite often in this oh, match. Yes. Quite a um, few times. But our red tights is Reno Riggins, who mm-hmm. I think we've seen before. And Bobby Perez, maybe. Yes, so we got Reno Riggins, who is Neil Hargrove, but his his ring name is Reno Riggins, and he actually has a fairly a decent career, obviously not in WWF, but he did a lot of work in the Central Wrestling Federation, the CWF, where he was tag team champions with, one time with, get this, Kroll the Death Stalker. <laughs> That was his tag team partner's name. <laughs> and then also, I thought this was pretty, quite interesting, but Pro Wrestling Illustrated ranked him as 100, number 189 of the 500 best singles wrestlers in 1998. Wow. So, I guess in I 1998, mean, there was like 500 wrestlers, period. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody made the list. He's, he's in there. No, this guy's uh, kind of high because I, I was just listening to something and Danhausen said he was like 158 or something. He was, yeah. in, that, he was in that neighborhood. So, yeah. Reno Riggins, as good as Danhausen. Yes. Bobby Perez, however, not. Yeah, Bobby Perez's uh, wrestling career lasted for about 10 years, 89 through 99, hmm. has 13 TV matches, did a little work in CZW, JAPW, and of course the WWF. He's very excited. I like how he's wearing his windbreaker in the ring, Bobby Perez. <laughs> he's got this green yes, windbreaker on. Head yeah. shrinkers look like they have new outfits. Well. So <laughs> Alpha's walking around with this salmon in his mouth or whatever. The head shrinkers look like they have new, new. I don't even know what to call them, skirts, I guess. Well, they have, they have like these floral skirt garbs on with like grass skirt leggings, it almost looks like. Yeah, man. The you know, all right. And I noticed their tights now, when they take all of that off, their tights now have their names on their legs. So we can tell them apart. Easier. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have a problem with that. I have a problem telling Alpha and Sika apart and only one of them is around. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I got other difficulties. Yeah. Besides it being like a total squash match, I just noticed that they've added more brutality moves to the repertoire. Yes, I did notice that as well. So they have where Bret Hart has the five moves of doom. They now have the three moves of doom. And if they use the third of the three as their finisher, I would be much happier because this is a really, really cool move that they pull off towards the end of this match while Alpha is still eating his raw fish. So it, it involves both members where the one member takes takes the red tight and kind of flips him over his head into a powerbomb-like-ish position on the other head shrinker, to which he proceeds to drop said red tight onto the ground as a powerbomb, but with a little bit of extra leverage from the second head shrinker. I thought yeah. that was awesome. They passed the guy to get him into position for a powerbomb, and then the other guy who's now free spikes the dude's head on the way down. Yes, it was amazing. That was yeah. great. Game over. Don't go up to the rope. Yeah, exactly. I don't like their finisher now. I was like, that should be your finisher. That is a devastating looking move, and it rules. Yeah. Keep that one. <laughs> slam dunk the guy's head into the mat. <laughs> exactly. Ring the bell. Yeah. They follow that up, however, though, with a double Russian leg sweep, uh, driving the, the red tight into the mat. 
and then their patented jump over head shrinker onto said red tight, which doesn't look even close to as devastating as the, the first move. It's like they got a lot of good ideas just in the wrong order. Yes. New to the act is the two head shrinkers fighting over who will eat the <laughs> red tight's head. Yes. They're down here and they're fighting over who's going to eat this man's skull. Yeah, after the match is over, they both grab his skull and proceed to eat it while Afa's eating the fish. And then Afa throws the fish in like it's a foreign object. Yeah. And then this fish gets rammed down the guy's throat like a dollar bill from the Million Dollar Man. So yes. there's a lot of post-match charcuterie. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of, well, I don't know if it's meats and cheeses. We've got fish and cheeses. Got, yeah, it's vegan. No, is that yeah, vegan? I don't know. Uh, Can vegans know. Eat, eat fish? I don't know what the rules are. Uh, it depends. They're depends. pescatarian yeah. finisher. Yes. They've added more moves to the repertoire. They got a better move than their finisher now. Mm -hmm. They have this act where they're fighting over the guy's head for who's going to eat it. And yeah. then instead they decide to ram a raw fish down the guy's throat. So a lot of new twists into the act here. Afa still yeah, has part of the fish that he's eating. After they've thrown it down the red tight's face, then Rikishi yeah. starts eating the fish. Yes, they all start eating the fish the, the, while blood is like coming out of this thing. The fish's I, eye is gone. Someone I ate know. the eye of the fish. <laughs> it's like... It's so nasty looking, like, oh my god. I, and then the I, three I of them you... start eating the fish together. This would not be yeah. COVID protocol. I know you, like, you, you want to commit to the bit, guys, but enough is enough. Please. Right. We don't right. need to see you eat the fish. Let's just go, let's trace the chain of spit. Mm-hmm. So, like, patient zero, I guess, is the fish itself. Yes. It has all sorts of salmonella going it on. It doesn't look like it has been cleaned or shocked. Alpha has it in his mouth. Yes, at first, correct. Yes. Then they give the fish to the red tight, and it's in his mouth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The fish goes back in the office mouth, and then is shared amongst both other head shrinkers. Yeah. So we got what? One, Oof. two, three, Ugh. four, five mouths that have been on this fish. Well, they were. we move on as the head shrinkers go down the aisle after the match, and they are quite in awe at the Titantron watching yeah, like, themselves while they're still eating bits and pieces of the fish. Then we go into the studio mm -hmm. for something that actually had to probably been recorded the night of the Rumble. Yeah. They got Brett over here with the belt going, I don't know what the hell he's trying to say. If I'm champion, which I think I'll be champion, I'm going to fight a lot of people before WrestleMania, but once I've beaten them, maybe I'll fight Yoko and worry about him later. Yeah, he starts off with this very, like, sort of smirky smile, like, you know, what I picture Bret Hart to be like in real life. Like, like he kind knows. Of a, kind of an yeah, ass. Yeah, kind of a dick. <laughs> like, like, he knows he's the shit. Like, okay, we get it. You're good. But he's got, like, this kind of, like, yeah, I know, like, look on his face. And then he goes, like, into this whole diatribe It's because they're asking him, of course, about Yoko. Since Yoko won the Royal Rumble. He will be facing Bret Hart at WrestleMania. But Bret Hart's like, I'm not going to worry about that just yet. I'm not worried about it at all. I, I'll start worrying about it later. Yeah. I was like, if I saw Yoko, I'd be worried about it now. <laughs> yeah, he's still got to defend this belt against Skinner. Yeah. And Damian Demento. <laughs> I know. There's so many and, people and on the roster. I have that are Repo Man this. Yeah. next week. I mean, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got the whole lower mid card to face before I... <laughs> I even think about yeah. Yokozuna. I think Virgil lost another match, so he's in line. Yeah, we got Coco Beware. I mean, it's yeah. a gauntlet. 
It's a real <laughs> gauntlet. So, you know, I'm not counting my chickens that I'll be there. Still Mike McGurk, because we're in the same place. We got Two-Tone Mullet Man, who I think, have we seen this dude before? Yes. Tommy Knight. Is, yeah, Tommy Knight we have seen before. Two mad. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of somebody completely different. We have not seen Tommy Knight before because Tommy Knight only has two matches from this weekend, one on Challenge and one on this in which he, spoiler alert, loses to Damian Demento, and also he loses to Virgil. Well, good for Virge. Yeah, <laughs> Virgil gets a win under his belt. Virgil gets a W. Yeah, hey, yo, it's, it's Damian. Hey, from hey. the From the other reaches of your mind yeah. for forever and longer than that, or yeah, whatever. Known as Queens. From yeah. the farthest reaches of the Jersey Turnpike. Yeah, we got, we got some 90s kid in the audience with this what the hell am i looking at stare while damien comes down the aisle to no music i didn't realize that he doesn't have any music that was glaring to me too because i swear he did have like some kind of a yeah like, like uh, yeah something weird weird sound pad damien starts the match by spitting on his hand like he's a porn fluffer he's got his I thumb be bandaged surprised if that was that was a side job for that yeah He's got his thumb taped up like a, a porn fluffer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing a trend. <laughs> I think uh, Demento has a, has a night gig. Yeah, yeah. He's got like warlord type moves. Yeah. He's thumbing guys in the neck, which doesn't look like it hurts. We're still playing up the whole, he hears voices in his head. Didn't he learn anything from these voices? Because they told him he was going to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he shouldn't trust those guys. Yeah, shouldn't trust shit. His, yeah, yeah. They don't know what they're talking about. No. But he's still playing that up where he kind of, you know, he does something to the red tight and then he'll just sort of laugh hysterically off to the side. Or there's one move in here where he like picks the, the guy up, he picks Tommy Knight up and then he drops him because he heard a voice. <laughs> yes. And then he just goes right back to like kicking his ass later. So earlier in Demento's career, like two weeks ago, he, <laughs> yes. he would re, he would take off or push down his yes. knee pad and just yeah. hit him with the bony part of his knee. Yeah. Now it seems he's positioning some kind of foreign object yes. in his knee pad. Yeah, we don't know what it is, but apparently it's okay because the referee watches him do it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, all right, seems legit. Yeah. So I guess he has a loaded knee pad is what we're led to believe. Yeah. Hits him in his chest, but the pre-med Vince goes like, oh, his shoulder area. <laughs> oh, no. Like, it That's is right shoulder. on his sternum. It could, it's practically his tummy. Uh, oh, his shoulder. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, now, Tommy Knight sells a pretty decent neck breaker right before the giant knee drop there. Because it looks like when Damien drops him, he drops him way too early. Mm -hmm. But uh, Tommy hits the mat pretty hard either way. So I wouldn't call it necessarily a neck breaker, but more of a, I landed on my back really hard. And they show that in the replay and you just watch Tommy jiggle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He looks like a Jello commercial. <laughs> I wonder if this was the second match of his, his night and the very last one he ever did. Yes, I, I believe it was because this is this was done on January 5th and I believe the other one was January 4th. He goes, hey, I'm done. Yeah. I tried it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. We'll call it a career. So yeah. always be closing. Always be closing. We should once again join the WWF fan club. I so want to join the fan club. Yes. I want this stuff. I um, want it now. Man. Yeah, Macho. 
is shilling it. We got Macho explaining all the cool stuff we're going to get. Yes. So we get a certificate. We get a collage to which they close up on Bret Hart with blue neon swirlies in his hair. I froze it to see who else we get in the autograph session. Yeah. We get Hawk and Animal, not in the Federation. We get the Ultimate Warrior. Not in the Not Federation. <laughs> we got Luke and Butch. Maybe. Maybe they're in the, still in there. We got Crush who got his ass kicked by a clown. Yeah. And we get The Undertaker and Brett. They need to update their, their collage. Oh, I didn't no. realize that. Yeah. We get a audio cassette. And the audio cassette, so I had to see what was on these because I didn't realize the name of some of these, these tunes. So I'm assuming these are their entrance tunes. And so we get the Quaker shake which i thought that was like some uh, at first i'm thinking who's the quaker shake like who's the quaker here oh it's the earthquake yeah oh, get it ah oh, okay we get the undertaker's the grim reaper hmm. we have tatanka and the war dance we get now this is where it gets a little bit weird papa shango and the shango tango i don't believe that's a tango that's played while he's coming down but you know it's Papa Shango. He got the voodoo. He'll kick your ass. I just wait for him to like add that to his box of gimmicks. He's got like a rose in his mouth now. Yeah, as he comes down the aisle. Yeah, that's what he does. After he beats the shit out of them, he puts a rose in their mouth. Starts dancing with them. Starts dancing. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? For Price is Right. All right, I'm ready. Let's do it. We got two. We have a rare, original WWF fan club, early 1990s facsimile signed photo sheet, which is the exact same one we just saw. Okay. The sheet, all by itself, is going on eBay for... Okay, is it laminated? Let's see if they have a description. Photo sheet. Sheet measures eight and a half by eleven. So okay. like zero. Uh, it's a paper. <laughs> it's a piece of paper. It has wear, including creasing discoloration okay. and turn quarters from handling the storage. Please that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to know. That empty right. part. Okay. Yes. So given that, not quite mint. I'm going to say fifteen dollars. Forty-nine ninety-nine is what they're asking for. Wow, you are. You have your sight set high, sir. Can't, can't bid. Can't put your own price in and, and see if they'll match. You know, oh, wow. can, can't do an offer. Oh wow! It's a, it's only buy it now. Okay. All right. You ready for this? I'm gonna have to go a little bit higher on this one. A vintage 1993 WWF fan club complete. Mm, like the whole set. The whole set. You get oh, it all. Okay. You get the Do Not Disturb Undertaker door hanger. I want that. You get so a. I want that. A pencil with a Hulk Hogan rubber thing on the eraser part. Yeah, I don't want any Hulk Hogan rubbers. Yeah, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> it's signed by Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. <laughs> you get the aforementioned autograph yeah. bullshit thing. You get the merchandise yeah. catalog. You get a WWF bandana. You have have you renewed your fan club membership to remind you to buy this again? Oh my goodness. You get the uh, fan club membership certification that you sign. The little certificate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get not only do you get the tape, they have the case. It's, it's totally complete. You get some kind of WWF fan club sticker thing for your car. 1993 membership card. A nomination where you can nominate a friend and send it in so they can get spammed by this bullshit. <laughs> 
and a $5 savings certificate for, for WWF Magazine. Okay, before I price this out, I do have a question. Yes. Who bought this back in 1993 and then was like, wait a minute, let's wait 30 years and try and sell it? Sell this shit. <laughs> Look what I found. I found a complete set. Who had, yeah, who kept yeah. the complete set of who this? Who kept the complete set and decided not to do anything with it and now is trying to sell it 30 years later? Hey, this thing's telling me how much my subscription to WWF Magazine was. Because it's a $5 savings certificate, so I'd only have to pay 15 bucks for 12 issues. Wow. The entire year subscription of WWF Magazine was 20 bucks. Nice, 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 nice. Alright, so we get all of that, I'm assuming in decent condition. Oh, it's, it's mint. It's, oh. it's really looking good. I'm going to say... Like this is time capsule type shit. I'm going to say $150. She nailed it! $149.99! You're even under... You win the showcase. Woo! Look at me. I told yeah. you. Wow. I went yeah. for it on that one. Yeah. I went for it all. Wow, you nailed that bit. Uh, nailed the pot. Yeah, you did. All right. All right. Uh, Exodus themes up because here comes Mr. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect is coming to the ring, and he is versing Sean Penn. Yes, Luis Bicoli. He's a regular uh, on yes, our show he, here. He has become a regular at this point. I think we've seen him at least two times, if not three. And uh, yeah, so we're going to get a little bit of Perfect. Everybody's lots of shots of gays in the crowd as he comes down. at a jog this time. Last time I was, I was commenting that he sort of sauntered down to the ring with his sort of pre-on-the-shit walk. Yeah. Now, now he's he's jogging down to the ring. Oh, speaking of on the shit walk, did you see friend of the show Gangrel on AEW? I did. I oh. did. <laughs> friend of the show. There he is. <laughs> it's like it was awesome. <laughs> I was like, yes, dude. He did the shit walk. What's up? This is Gangrel, the Vampire Warrior. I want to say thank you for being a fan and saying I'm the shit every time I came up with my white puppy shirt, and my sunglasses on, rocking that music through the flames. Yeah. So one thing I've noticed, if you can't wrestle mm-hmm. and you're a WWF star, you get to fight terrible red tights who you'll never see again. Yeah. You get to throw their ass around. That's it. If you are actually a good wrestler, mm-hmm. you get a good wrestler to wrestle against. Yes. Spicoli Perfect is a pretty good match. Yeah, Spicoli did a nice job of you know doing a little bit of offense, a little bit of defense, back and forth, back and forth. In the middle, we have the most extreme close-up of all time. <laughs> Yeah, way, way too close on this one. I thought eventually they would pull back because that's like the whole gimmick with, with Lex Luger here. But now nope, it was just on his face. Like you couldn't even see his entire head. No. It was just his eyes to just below his mouth. Yeah, it's it's super close. And yeah. I guess the deal is you know, like he's so in love with his, his, his self, his face. Yeah. yeah. But the narcissist is all about like super bod. Yeah, exactly. WBF guy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was waiting for the pull off and like show like they'll unveil yeah. him again. Yeah. But no, it's like Lex Luger's nose. Yeah, that was it. His his giant protuberance of a nose right um, there in the middle of the screen. So I wouldn't be able to tell like how much of a narcissist he could be based on this picture if I did not see the Royal Rumble. Do you think it was like Lex is a little nearsighted? We got to get the cue cards out of the shot. Just 
punch right in, right up yeah. to his nose. As close as he can, so he could just read straight off there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Every single promo that he does is just going to be this damn close. Yeah. It's like, get some glasses or something, Lex. we got to be able to pull out further than this. Yeah. Well, this is a not not just a promo, but this is a interview because our commentators are asking him questions about Perfect. And now that Perfect has kicked Ric Flair out of the company, because yeah. that happened the Monday right before this on Raw, unbeknownst to, to us until then, I think they might have mentioned it very quickly at the Royal Rumble that that was going to happen. And then here we are a week later for Superstars, and he's gone. Ric Flair is out so we immediately, you know, turn that corner and it is now perfect versus the narcissist Lex Luger moving forward. Yeah, it's kind of funny because instead of building more stars, they just give the two stars they have every opponent. Brett, you're going to face the roster and perfect. You're still going to fight Ramon <laughs> or Lex Luger, depending on what what side of the country we're on. Yeah, well, both they. They're talking about Razor and, and I guess Lex Luger being in the stable of Bobby the Brain. And it's more of a beef, if you will, between Bobby the Brain and Perfect because of, you know, their their little spat, which turned Perfect face. So since Razor and the Narcissus are under the tutelage of Bobby the Brain, they are both against him as well. So yeah, makes sense. I want the Brain's managerial job because apparently it is... Not doing a damn thing. I just want his part, the part he does with the managering, because he never comes out. Nope. He doesn't do the interviews with him. He's there in name only. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't come over with Razor, but he, you know, he seems to be, he's I don't know if he's necessarily managing him, but he's... Team Brain. Know, yeah, they, he's definitely Team Brain. Perfect is wrestling this match totally like a heel. He throws poor Spicoli by the hair. He mm-hmm. gets him in the corner. He's like, I'm Mr. Perfect. Don't you forget it. Yep. He's a complete asshole the entire match. Yeah. All he does to that kind of endears him to the audience was every, every once in a while, like he'll stop in the middle of a move and he'll smile at the crowd. Yeah. And he'll point at him while yeah. he's just saying how awesome he is. Like, yeah, there's nothing about this act that makes you think he's a good guy. No. Finishes it off with the move I wish somebody would bring back, the uh, Perfect Plex. Yeah, I love the Perfect Plex. But did you notice the extremely slow count? Yeah. <laughs> the referee had. You could you could barely see him on the other side, but it was so slow. He took his time. Do you think Henning's like, this bridge is hard, dude. Hurry it up. <laughs> Maybe he's just messing with him. He's just like, I'm just going to do this as long as possible to see how pissed Perfect gets. 15 minutes, 25 seconds in, we have the super extra large Ica Pro shirt over the shirt <laughs> the guy actually wore to the arena. Yes, another always be closing minute. Always be closing. Please wear this shirt for us. We will put you on TV. So we were promised somewhere in this episode that some doctor, like Dr. Quack, yes. is going to show up and tell us all about Ica Pro. Yeah. That didn't happen. No, it doesn't. So I don't know if that was from this, but yeah, we were supposed to. I was promised that, damn it. I want to hear what Ica Pro is about. Yeah, I was going to get like a real doctor was going to tell yeah. us about Ica. They didn't say doctor of what? I can't remember if they had a name to him or not, but yeah. Well, they had gave him a name, but they didn't tell you what his degree was in. <laughs> oh, no, no. He's a doctor of fine arts and he'll be talking about <laughs> what, what Ica Pro could do to you. He's got his, uh, he's a DMA. He's a wing conductor. Oh, okay. And he's going to. Tell you how integrated conditioning can help you uh, yes. do a three pattern. Yes. The cyclone will really help you with your <laughs> lip trills. Yes. 
Yeah. They do a replay of Spicoli get, taking a drop kick to set it up. Ducks so low to get perfect over him. <laughs> he's like, sees perfect coming. He's like, I don't think this guy can really get take any air. And Spicoli <laughs> gets like two inches from the mat so perfect can clear him. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of funny because Perfect was really good at making other people look good by bouncing around for him. Yeah. And Spicoli does that for Perfect. Sean Mooney is in the event center with his forever tie. Has he ever worn anything else? I don't think so. I think he has one outfit that he just... he wears for this either that or he just never leaves the uh, the event center <laughs> he's not allowed to he left for his honeymoon and Vince is just like that's it you're here for the next year he had a twin it was sean and ian mooney and i've never seen oh, that's right. his twin brother throughout any of these for some reason jimmy hart just because is yeah. our first promo with money inc we get money inc promo with jimmy hart just because and he's talking about like who is the best tag team he is completely team money inc at this point and then they they switch it over to IRS who says, you know, let all the tax cheats in on a resolution because we're, we're at the end of January, but we're still talking about our New Year's resolutions. So I have to imagine that this promo was cut a little bit earlier. Yeah, this, this, they probably filmed this four weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> DiBiase's over there. He's like, happy Halloween, everybody. Well, they, when they when they push it to Ted, I was like, he, he was this close to having the bottom line line that Stone Cold is so famous for because the bottom line is, and then he went mm-hmm. off on a tangent. I was like, oh, you were almost there, Ted. You almost had it. <laughs> what would IRS's thing be? It'd be like IRS 415. <laughs> yes, definitely 415. IRS like 415 that. says, this, yeah. I just taxed your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about this promo because Jimmy's like, this is the best team I've ever had the privilege of managing. And soon he will leave them. That's true. Brutally beat Brutus the Barber Beefcake to the point where even Jimmy can't stand it and he turns face. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because Jimmy's with Brutus and Hulk at uh, WrestleMania 9, isn't he? He's with uh, Brutus and Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and this is supposedly January 30th, so we got February, March. We got two months. To yeah, make- so that's going to happen soon. Yeah, oh, we got like no. eight, eight more shows or so to get this shit done. Yeah, Jimmy Hart, just because is going to be Jimmy Hart, I mean something now. Slick is here to do Kamala's promo. Yes. Basically saying he's not a manager. They're, they're equals. Yeah. But yeah. luckily, Kamala has no use for money. So... <laughs> I'll just take all of that. I will I will take all that. I said this is the same promo, but you just inserted Slick instead of Whippleman because Kamal is still doing the same thing he always does. It has not changed. One of the points I do want to mention was that Slick must not have been able to say God because he was sent by the one of light. That's ah, what he says. Yeah, don't it bring is, religion into yeah, it. Yeah, we're not going to call him God. Call him. I was sent by the one of light. I am not his manager. I am his friend. Uh, I'm a little disappointed because Kamala seems like he's he's grown accustomed to the camera. Like he's not trying to eat the camera or wondering what this weird technological device is in front mm-hmm. of him anymore. He still wanders around a little bit towards the beginning, but as soon as the mask comes off, he's a little bit more oriented than yeah. he normally was. He's checking out the lights, though. He's got his eyes yeah. right up there. Yeah. Oh, well. Next segment, we're back into the ring. And we've got Shawn Michaels versus Gary Jackson, who we have, he's another one of our red tights that we're starting to see more and more. So I didn't even write anything down. I remember we, we called him Night Train Jackson. Night Train, yes. yes. That's, that's the very first thing I thought of when I saw him. Like, hey, it's Night Train. Yeah, exactly. So we're starting to get to know our red tights over here. We're going to have a party. We got blue intercontinental title. 
Mm-hmm. Sean's in red, and he has the reverse version of, I think, what his most famous pants were at this time, which was the white with the red stripes patches, yeah. cow patches on it. I never really dug this thing, but he wore it forever, which is like the cow patch outfit. Yeah. He's got the red chaps on over the red tights on this particular one and then the sort of leather vest with the chains on the back yeah which whenever i saw him take bumps with that thing on or anything like it i was like oof yeah that's pretty bad i like how they did cutaways while he's getting undressed of the women in the audience licking their lips oh yeah there was many 90s teen girls shown during that point there they say that sherry has aligned herself with a marty Gennetti at this yeah. point it's a low point in her career <laughs> yeah i don't know if that really really lasts that long because i can't ever remember those two together night train who is probably if you know sean was not that biggest guy in the world but he's around mm-hmm. six foot allegedly night train is about a foot and a half shorter than him <laughs> yeah yeah and he goes to jump over sean michaels in a leapfrog but sean just stays standing up so Night Train just bounces up and down. He just like jumps in place and then Sean slaps him in the face. Oh, yes. I did remember that. That was such a good heel move. Night Train thinks he's got a gimmick that people will recognize. Sean goes and shoves Night Train's face into the turnbuckle. And Night Train pops right up, Hulk style, <laughs> no-sells it, and taps his head like... Don't you know, I'm Night Train. I have an indestructible skull. That's my thing. (laughs) And Sean's like, no one knows who the fuck you are. (laughs) No one knows your face is indestructible. There's no reason for it being... I mean, you're not even Samoan. No. Which is, like, their gimmick. But Night Train, like, acts like he might win this match. He's like... Yeah. He does a monkey flip and gets away with it. He does a no-sell to the turnbuckle. And Sean's like, hold up, dude. (laughs) Way too much here. Let me explain to you your job. Yeah, yeah. I hit you with everything I got. You fall down. Yeah. We got SS Sherry in the in the box. Yeah, a little bit of picture of picture with Sherry there. And she just one real quick line from her, sort of reinforcing the whole Mori Genetti thing. She says, no matter what she were it doesn't really make sense, but it's like no matter where Sean goes, she'll be right by Marty Genetti's side. Like, I understand what she's trying to say, but it didn't it did make sense. Yeah. yeah. Hey, wherever you are, I'll be somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's Sean's like, all right, sounds good. Uh, you, you do what you do. Yeah, you, right. you be you. Yeah. <laughs> I, is that to make him jealous that she's with him? I guess. I don't know. I, I don't think Sean looks very jealous. So here's what, besides the fact that it's obvious, here's one of the giveaways that this is pre-Rumble, I think. We'll have to see when we have a post-Rumble taping. Yeah. Because when we saw the Royal Rumble, Marty Jannetty's put away by the the super kick, the, the, what they call the crescent kick, which is yes. a super kick, which Sean calls the sweet chin music. Yes. But in this one, it's still, they do the reverse order of it, where it's the crescent kick followed by the ever-devastating side suplex. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't look quite as devastating. And, and Night Train sells the crescent kick quite well too so and even vince acknowledges it this time in his commentary he said something to the effect of a the kick was a devastating maneuver 
Yeah. yeah. And they reverse it over at the Rumble where that's his finisher now. And we'll see if it stays his finisher once we get to a post-Rumble taping. Yeah. I've never liked the standing finisher where you need the guy standing, where the uh, setup for it is knocking the guy on the ground. So you got to like drag his ass back to his feet. Mm-hmm. I never thought that made much sense. If you've done something that's so devastating that you knocked his ass to the ground, why would you pull him back onto his feet? Yeah, your, your job is to try and pin him so you would want him to stay on the ground. Yeah, and also just sense. awkward. Now you got to get this woozy dude who's trying to pretend like he's got his clock cleaned yeah. into a standing position again. Yeah. Yeah, it's goofy. Switch it, it up, is. Sean. You got this. Flip let's, it. Let's, let's get it to what we know it as. Sean's starting to get more of his dance together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's a little bit more sexy boy every time. Yeah, he's got his booty shaking. Luckily, we have the subtitles on because allegedly in English, we have Ray Rougeau interviewing someone else you need subtitles for, even though he's speaking English. Yeah. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, yes. Hacksaw comes down with his two by four and his flag in hand. And this is we we find out that he is proud of his country and he's very upset with Yoko and Mr. Fuji because apparently they've been saying a lot of bad things about Americans. We don't make... We can't make good automobiles or good cars. I that stuck out. <laughs> Apparently, Japan makes better automobiles and cars. Yes, <laughs> but we're smart. Stop smart. USA, USA. <laughs> yes, we just go back to that, and everybody's happy again. Uh, so yeah, apparently Fuji and Yoko have just been saying nasty, nasty things about America. So we're going to play the whole Japan is bad, America is good, and we're going to start World War III sometime soon here. Well, this was like a big thing at the time where Japan was buying up American companies. Japan was Mm -hmm. a very, very strong economy. And there was a a big fear that Japan was going to be taking over our country. They'd own our businesses. They took over our manufacturing. And Japan was was on its way to dominate and would be a a second-class economy. Much like China these days. And now it's China. Right, exactly. (laughs) I knew that Michael Crichton wrote a book and did a movie about that subject is Rising Sun. Mm -hmm. And I checked the release date of Rising Sun to see if this was around the same period. It's exactly this period. It's 1993. It's Wesley Snipes. Yep. Yep. and, And James Bond, Sean Connery. Nice. And the backdrop of their detectives thing was Japan buying all these American companies. And they're going, we're in trouble. We can't compete anymore. Wesley Snipes takes them down. Yeah, it was very much in the in the culture at that point that Japan was a threat. Yeah, yeah. Well, right now, Yoko is a threat, and... He can't get his name. Yeah, Yokozuma. Y- y- Yoko... He says it exactly like Fuji says it. Yokokochi. Yokokochi. Yoko, like, whatever they call him. Yeah. Watch the product. He says, bring your Japanese flag and your Japanese manager, and I will kick your ass, basically. And, and everybody's all about it. I'm like, hmm... I don't think they would be today. <laughs> no, none of this would fly. That no, make sense. not at all. Not at all. I don't think anybody would give a shit that we weren't manufacturing better stereos. Here's what's happening. Poor Hacksaw, like his lot in life at this point in time was be the American hero to fall. Yeah. He was there to get his ass kicked by Slaughter. He's here to get his ass kicked by Yoko. And that's probably the only strike against Bret Hart is mm-hmm. he can't avenge America when you're Canadian. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We'll throw a Hacksaw to the wolves while we're waiting for WrestleMania. So we can give the belt back to Hulk. Yeah. 
Oh, is that what happens? No. Oh, shit. Did I spoil oh, it? Oh, no. It happened 30 years ago. Sorry. Oh, damn. High Energy is here. Yes. High Energy. Sans Frankie. No Frankie. And we are facing Chuck West and one of our favorite red tights, the Brooklyn Brawler, yeah. is with him. He uh, is definitely in the B. Brian Blair. He's in the oh, yeah. Jimmy Powers category. Yes, he is. Because when Brawler's in there, Brawler wins. Oh, yeah. Brawler is winning a good portion of this match. So I feel like Chuck West, who also only has two matches to his name, both this weekend, and both were in tag teams. So I'm thinking the the other tag team partner that he had, I did not recognize his name. But I'm thinking this was sort of like a test for him, like put him with the brawler. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he can kind of learn the ropes a little bit and he'll get tossed around while the brawler does all the, the hard work. If you are watching this thing at 26 minutes, 40 seconds, someone is throwing their baby at high energy. This tiny little baby is being held up Simba style nice. to be pitched to high energy. <laughs> yes. High energy has the worst graphic artwork. Well, they just have the worst outfits. Their outfits don't make sense with their gimmick. Because they're supposed to be high flyers, but they've got these big baggy freaking clown outfits on <laughs> that don't make any sense. Yeah, I'd be um, like bitter if I was doink. I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. They look like clown outfits. They talk about Owen being back to full capacity after he got his ass kicked, I guess, by Razor. And they also mentioned that Todd Pettengale could become their manager who at this point was, I guess, the host of Mania, that other show that right. we didn't realize was a thing. So does that ever happen? Like, do I we don't see believe Tom so. Pettengale I don't remember that become, ever yeah. happening. That's like a weird sort of side note that they put in there. And I don't ever remember Todd Pettengale being a manager for anyone. Owen and Brawler are doing some, some pretty cool wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then one of the weirder things about this match is Brawler gets his ass kicked a bit. Mm-hmm. And his partner goes in to make the save and then suddenly becomes the legal man. Yes, the, I, I noticed that as well. There was no tag no. whatsoever. He just comes into the ring, Brawler slips out, and all of a sudden he's the legal man. That yes. doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But hey, they let it happen. And if that's what they're going to do, that's what they're going to do. I mean, they are the heel team. So as we know. They don't have to tag in. <laughs> yeah, ghost tag all over the place. He could have just slapped his hands, did a little clap, and the ref was just like, all right, yeah, I guess you're the, the legal man. Coco does that thing again where he's trying to prove that he can wrestle technically just like Owen by mm-hmm. just rolling around the mat with the red tight. Yeah. It's, it's very awkward looking, though. Very strange. Yeah. There's no holds involved. Then he ends up just tagging in Owen, who knows how to wrestle. Yeah. The brawler starts kicking Coco's ass, because, like, how dare you try and do some wrestling? <laughs> so we just get Owen back into the ring on this. They end up getting, what's his name, Chuck up for the, the final bout. And as Coco goes to the top rope to do his drop kick, he has to pull his pants up. Yes. I'm assuming, so he does, like, he makes it gimmicky. But I'm assuming that's for safety purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Because I, like, I guess he doesn't want to like get caught in his pants. Yeah, or maybe that's his, his setup move. You know, yeah. like when they're calling for the DDT, like I'm pulling my pants up. It's yeah. finishing time. It doesn't. Yeah, it's just they they need tighter tights. Those are not tights. 
Those are like, if they jumped out of a, a plane, they would be perfectly fine. 29 minutes, 23 seconds in after the pin are two women you wanted to stay far away from in high school. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's baggage there. But uh, one oh, of them is wearing the gigantic print Undertaker shirt. Yes, I did notice that, that where you just see like his his face on the entire thing. This, yes, yeah, like this extreme close up yeah. graphic tee that covers the entire T-shirt. Yes, it's quite disturbing. Always be closing. A B C. Available February 11th. February 11th, we got the Royal Rumble VHS, and we finally get some shots. These are actually not stills; these are actually is actual footage of the giant Gonzalez pummeling the Undertaker. And I kept thinking, like, shouldn't this be an update by Gene? Yeah, we didn't get, we didn't get we one, did, right? We didn't get an update by Gene. I said, this would have been perfect because we're seeing, you know, something that happened in the past. So it must have been an update. Do you think, like, when they saw the outfit and they were trying to name him, they had, like, a list and, like, do we call him Mega Merkin? What? <laughs> uh, Mega Giant Gonzalez. Yes. Pedro Harry Shoulders. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Man. Hair on his ass, too. Yeah. Can you imagine this guy? He'd be like perfect. Like Giant Gonzalez for Manscaped. Mm -hmm. He could get endorsements. <laughs> I guess in the 90s, it'd be like Giant Gonzalez uses Epa yes. Lady. Yes. Oh, well. Well, we're out of there and we're into old versus older. Oh, my God. Coming yeah. down to no fanfare, <laughs> it's Bob Backlund, champion of yesteryear. Yes, hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Here we are in another bout for myself against one of my good buddies, Iron Mike Shaw. <laughs> yeah, talk about, like, a match from the past here. We've got overseller Iron Mike Sharp versus no, no charisma, charisma. <laughs> Bob Backlund. Trying to, you know, they, the only thing he had going for him was this little, like, Opie dance that yeah. he does in the ring when he's, like, getting away from Sharp, and Sharp's just, like, completely annoyed by him. Sharp is so friggin' over the top. He's the worst wrestler in the history of wrestlers. Yes. Even the I don't want your handshake is, f like, three or four giant King Kong yeah. swipes. Yeah. He's playing, t like, n I don't think either of these guys know how to wrestle on television. No. I don't think Bob Backlund really had to worry about it. It's, like, really regional. He doesn't do well with promos. He just has no idea what to say. He doesn't yeah. have any charisma. And Iron Mike Sharp is playing like he needs to oversell so somebody in the way, way back can see what he means. Mm -hmm. It is awful. It's so late 70s. It's a very late 70s match. And Trying, I trying to big back the good old days just was not working. Vince is trying to sell. It's like, and Bob Backlund, champion for like six years, and yeah. he's he's forty three, and he's still doing it. And by the end of it, Jerry can't even fake it. He's like, dude has no personality <laughs> at all. Yeah, he does. He basically he does that. He just says he has nothing. He needs a personality transplant, and I yeah. am so on board with that. Yeah, and Vince is like silent he's like probably really pissed yeah really i'm surprised he let that in because i don't yeah. think he was happy with the king burying his former champ like that but yes. this promo that backland does ah uh, yes 
Uh, here we go. We got a promo back with ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, bear cats and bucks. Last Friday night was quite the humdinger making happy cabbage for the Somalia Reese belief float. <laughs> and since you were willing to shell out some clams, the WWF and us pay wranglers are gonna give hunger a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> So good. It's, it's better than anything in this segment. Exactly. They take me like 15 minutes to rape, but they're so worth it. Yeah, you need some kind of like, is there like an old-timey version of Urban Dictionary out there? In this case, I just keep looking up old-timey slang. So I get things from the 1800s, the 1900s, some things from the 50s. Bacoli got a little bit of offense in. Night Train got, he was trying to do some work with Sean. Mm-hmm. But literally, Iron Mike Sharp almost beats Bob Backlund in this yeah. match. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very close match. And it's almost like the, the surprise roll-up gets him yeah. at the end. It's like Bob Backlund barely snuck through this match against this red tight. I know. Like, how's he going to make it against, like, anybody of value when he can barely beat Iron Mike Sharp? Here we go. Former champion of six years, Bob Backlund. <laughs> Barely sneaks by Mike Sharp. We get that. Yeah, Backlund uses his stupid little roll-up thing to win, to which Vince says there's nobody ever getting out of that. Hmm. I think somebody could easily get out of that. Yeah, just roll just sideways. Roll, roll sideways. <laughs> roll That's all it is. That's all you need to do. Yeah. We get the Magistrator. I love the Magistrator. At the end, and King does a very nice version of Howdy Doody. On the screen. All right. Which I was You and I know Howdy Doody because our parents knew Howdy Doody. Yes. Yes. This reference is f***ing old. (laughs) 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 He's showing Howdy Doody for six-year-olds watching this at home. I guess we were watching it too, so we were like almost 18. But whatever. (laughs) Like, would you really know Howdy Doody? It made enough sense to me. I guess, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I got it, so maybe it was timely-ish. Razor is out sporting my favorite Razor outfit. Oh, yeah. Iridescent purple Razor is my favorite Razor. Yeah, this is a good one. Razor is facing Pete Christie, also known as the Viper. He does have a lot of information here. I'm not going to go through all of it, but he has his first match in 91. He has theme music because this all I got all this information from his website which doesn't look like it's been updated since 1999 it is like <laughs> is it on friendster it's like an old like looking website you know with like mm-hmm. the, the little tabs on the side yes. in, in like viper-ish type font and it even says down at the bottom it's like pete christie 1999 or something like that so i was like i don't think anybody's updated this he's just kept it sitting there because nobody else is gonna like take pete apparently but it tells us his theme music it tells us his titles held. So he was the USPW tag team title, Texas from Border Patrol. I don't know what that means. I'm the Border Patrol champion, <laughs> mother- <laughs> He had the MI tag title from Tandem of Death. I guess that's when he beat them or who he beat and lost to the Scuffin Hillbillies. The Scuffin yeah. Hillbillies, <laughs> man. Those mother Scuffin Hillbillies. <laughs> then he wins it back. In 99, from Gene Austin and the Death Dealer. Wow. Yes. His finisher was the Viperized Spine Buster. And his favorite quote, stay out of my strike zone or you'll get bit. Wow. Yeah. I was all on his website. All right. So I thought there was some pretty cool marketing, very subtle. Mm -hmm. But then it got weird. If you go 34 minutes, 58 seconds into this thing. 
He got it totally decked out in everything Caesar's Palace has to offer. He's got the hat and a shirt, and we all know WrestleMania is going to be a Caesar's Palace, so they throw the camera on him. However, that's not where the story is. Tell me what the hell is happening to the left of him. All right. See, there's Razor coming down. And, okay, Caesar's Palace guy. Oh. What is he doing? Looks like he's, like kissing somebody or some dude is kissing some other guy and the (laughs) other guy punches the dude in the face and this dude that's doing the kissing is like 70 years old oh my god what the hell happened there that screwed up (laughs) the guy in the leather jacket is punching the guy to get him off of him oh my god oh my god yeah he does He's like, I'm going to be on camera, so I'm going to like act like I'm kissing you. And this guy's like, the hell you are? <laughs> no. Wow, that's a good shot right there. That's a meme and a half. What the hell is going on there? Wow. Oh, my goodness. What we get, Razor against Pete Christie. Razor, of course, passes off the gold at the beginning of the match. You know, It's the same guy. St- yeah. You don't have to tell him. <laughs> he knows what to do. Well, it's a different city. You know, He might have forgotten from the previous city. I feel like, Razor, we do this every single time. I'm good with uh, your gold, man. This is the most squashy of the matches tonight where everybody else got a little bit offense in. This one seems like Razor's just manhandling Christine's throwing them all over the place. Yeah, when you're telling me Christy was like a real wrestler who had titles, I was like, this guy? Because he's yeah. the most red tidy off the street looking dude of the night. Oh, yeah. Did you know, because here's how ignorant I am, obviously, you know, famously not a drug guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I did not get the reference. I knew he was doing a Scarface impersonation. Okay. Yeah. That was obvious. Yes. I did not understand that the razor was like a cocaine thing. Oh, the, yes. Like, yes. Not that I know too much about this, but I know like <laughs> people would use like razor blades to like cut their cocaine or whatever it is. Someone like, mentioned like, that on a podcast this year. I was like, "Really? That's what? It, yeah. Okay." But I di- I didn't catch on to that ever. Yeah, ever. I didn't. I never. You know what? I didn't even think about that as far as like his gimmick. Yeah, because yeah, the razor blade. Like you would you would use the razor blade to like put the cocaine, I guess, in lines. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I, as far as I know, I don't know. I'm not a cocaine person myself. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is just razor beating the shit out of this poor bastard. Yeah, he doesn't get any offense in whatsoever. This guy's good at just getting his ass kicked. We get the Razor's moves of doom where he puts him up on the turnbuckle and sort of back suplexes him from there. And then that goes right into the Razor's edge. Of course, very quick. And we're out of there. Lots of boos and thumbs down from the audience. Razor does throw this guy really early in the match right on his head. I remember him doing something similar the last time we saw him and the match ending pretty early because it looked like the dude was just dead weight at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, his head goes for a bounce. Like, this guy hasn't really learned how to not bounce his head off the mat. Yeah, well, we said that about, like, his his final two moves are just very devastating because both of them pretty much just drop you on your head. The suplex off the top rope, I would say, is... Just as devastating, if not more devastating, than the Razor's Edge is. My favorite move of the night. Mm-hmm. Razor gets this poor son of a bitch in, like, his phony abdominal stretch-looking thing. Yeah. And pulls back on the guy's hair. And the ref is asking him if he wants to quit. And 
Razor puppets the guy's head back and forth, <laughs> saying yes. And the rest like, get your hands off of his head. And he's like, no, he's he's quitting. He's <laughs> quitting. This match is over. I'm getting. I'm going to the back. <laughs> but Razor uses this dude as like a Kermit the Frog puppet. It's just hilarious. Uh, oh, it's awesome. Very good. Well, we are out of there and into the event center one more time. Wish on Mooney for some final promos, starting with one of our favorite promos, Virgil. <laughs> Virgil has been relegated to just talk about everybody else on the roster. Yeah, he, he's doing the quintessential generic promo here, but really has no idea what he's talking about he's done this a bunch of times before where he's like calling out the whole roster and saying Mm -hmm. hey we got we got these weird guys in here that i'm gonna have to face these threats we got this guy and that guy name them off and this time he just didn't know anybody on the roster yeah he couldn't think of anybody besides bam bam we got bam bam bedlow and i i don't know i can't remember (laughs) he literally says that in the middle of promo he's like i forgot the other dudes but root for me yeah, he's like, he's like, should we cut that again? Because I forgot. I just blanked. They're like, no, that's no. Good. The producer's yeah. like, I cannot do another take for a <laughs> print. Just yeah. cut print. Uh, yeah, you're you're done. He he also like he's he's talking about 1993, and he says it's going to be a really rough year for him. <laughs> yeah, this this year's going to suck. Like they, the writers have told me their plans for me, and it, it's pretty grim. Yeah, I'm not getting out of this one alive. Yeah, such a shame, poor Verge. Uh, well, speaking of Bam Bam, Bam Bam is our second promo, and even he seems to have some difficulty with this promo. He's he's. Says there's a lot of athletes, but he, he couldn't, it, it seemed like he didn't know what direction he wanted to go. So he finally ends up at the title. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he finally, he's like, all right, I, I need a goal. All right, my goal will be to be champion. So I'm just going to take everybody out because I want to be champion in 1993. I always thought it was great when the lower mid guys threw themselves into the main event. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, and I'm going to take on Bret Hart. And Bret's like, no, you're not. <laughs> You can't Good draw line. any money at all. You lost a doink three yeah. times last week. Yeah. We're not fighting. Awful. And then everybody's favorite. Here we go. Our favorite point pullback fist and sweep is here, Tatanka. Here we go. He's got his feathers. He does have his feathers. He does. I'm, I'm very proud of Tatanka because this one checked all the boxes, as it usually does. Ever since the beginning of time, and ever since the beginning of Tatanka's career, I have vowed to all my people and all my little braves, check, that I will climb to the top of the mountain where the eagles soar high, check. And there are great superstars in the World Wrestling Federation. There are great challenges when you meet in the squared circle, and you must prepare yourself mentally and physically to meet the challenges. And I want to thank the great spirit, check. Check, And I want to thank all of the chiefs, Check for the wisdom you have given me. But most of all, I want to thank the support of all my people and all my little braves, double check, that go in there and fight for me step for step. That was the quick double take. He didn't thank the people. He thanked the support of the people. (laughs) Well, that's, yeah, that support is is good. Yeah, you know, I, I don't need you. I need your support. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Tataka, You know, you get old enough and you, you realize not to trust people who talk in non-specifics. Like yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs. Which yeah. Chiefs? Like, Which... can we? I'm just gonna ask you a question based on what you just said. <laughs> it's like the people who talk about I'm following the science. 
Mm-hmm. What sign? Like, <laughs> give, give me one reference, one yeah. footnote, anything. Nothing. Nothing. I don't, I don't think. Not you... a thing. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Not happening. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not... I forgot that part. Oh, well. I, yeah, I mean, you I had mean, to come have on. That. Yeah, it's in there. McGurk in full effect, but yeah, we don't get anything from her. <laughs> no, she just tells us our closing line so we can end the show right here. Shawn Michaels has left the building. Yeah, she's stealing our shit. I mean, it gets real ridiculous when people trying to bite your style. You know what I'm saying? Did you like the episode, Van? No. <laughs> no. No, I didn't like this one. I, I, You know, I was looking for some good things to, to pick out of it, and it just seemed to like a lot of the same mm-hmm. right now. We didn't get any, well, I guess because the it was done before Royal Rumble, we didn't get any story. Right. Except for what the commentators gave us. So that's never fun. You know, I want to see a little bit more story. Maybe a little bit with Hexall, but it, like, who cares? Right. You know, Hexall's very, like, I don't even know if he's like undercard at this point. He's like, I'm going to show up every once in a while just to get my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was surprised I liked as much of the show as I did because I came into this and I saw the lineup when it's like, mm-hmm. this week on. I was like, Wow, <laughs> this yeah. is going to be a slog. Yeah. But I did like the Head Shrinkers new gimmicks. I like okay. I like that they added some more moves to the repertoire. I like that they have this uh, fight over the poor dead body and who's going to eat him. <laughs> I, I like the fish. The, fi- the f- I think the fish is more over than they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so that was great. Uh, Shawn Michaels match, of course, is good because it's a Shawn Michaels match. Of course. But my surprise match that I enjoyed, that I wasn't expecting to at all, was High Energy. Oh, like nice. High Energy had a good match. I was like, this is actually fun to watch. I'm enjoying Yay. this High Energy match. So, yeah, match-wise, it over-delivered for what a shitty card it was. Nice. nice. So I was quite happy with it. My uh, my match of the night, I'm giving it the High Energy, as surprising as, as it should Very good. Well, I will give it to your runner-up then, because it was the Shawn Michaels and Gary Jackson match for me. Mm. Yeah, Gary Jackson's probably my red tight of the night, just um, because I th- he he tried to be a star. He's like, yes. I got I got I got an act. I have an indestructible head. <laughs> I can leapfrog <laughs> off of you, even though I'm three feet tall. He's like probably four inches bigger than Hornswoggle, but he's trying. <laughs> he's trying to get yeah, it, it all in. There. I gave my red tight to Tommy Knight because he had to deal with Damian Demento. Oh, yes. And he only had two bad. He actually actually <laughs> he dealt with Damian Demento and Virgil. That weekend. So he had a rough weekend. So I feel bad for Tommy Knight. So I'm going to give him my red tight of the night. Yeah, I don't know what our definition of red tight of the night should be. Should it be like a red tight that wrestles well and, and overperforms? Or is it like the red tight of the night is the guy who got killed the best? Like yeah. he just died. Like just like like a red shirt on you know, Star Trek. He was, he was a piece of furniture that just got shot. We, we, I mean, we, we make up our own definitions this is on true. this, you know, so it's. It's whatever we're feeling, whatever we're in the moment for. I'll tell you what was nowhere near my match of the night. No. Iron Mike Sharp versus no. Bob Backlund. No, Holy shit. That was down at the bottom of the list, and I fear that most Backlund matches moving forward are going to be at the bottom of the list because it's just the same thing. He'll get the wrestler that can go a little bit, and he will sneak out a win somewhere. I mean, they blame the finger point of doom for being the downfall of WCW. Mm-hmm. Why didn't the Iron Mike Sharp match destroy the WWE? Like, people who watch the Bob Backlund Iron Mike Sharp match are like, I'm never watching this shit again. This no. bullshit. No, no, no. Well, not tune in all. next week, then. Yes. Because we will have Bam Bam Bigelow. 
Bam, bam. Doink the Clown. Yes, in his first televised match on Superstars. That's right. We've never seen him wrestle. No, we have not. He has wrestled because, as we think we said, he had a dark match for the Royal Rumble. Yes. The Nasty Boys. Talking about one of the best acts in wrestling. There we go. Yeah. And Yokozuma has his final Yabba Dabba Doo interview with with Fuji. Fuji accepts the challenge from Hacksaw Jim Duggan, so we will see that match next week. We will see Hacksaw get his ass kicked. Yeah, I think uh, my red tent of the night has already been determined. (laughs) Easily enough. Yes, definitely. Yes. Well, sayonara, Undertaker. Us. And Shawn Michaels has officially left the building. Because only I can say it, Mike McGurk. Damn it. 